Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. And we're going to read from verse 23 to 24. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. And tonight we are going to be continuing our series that we go through on a Sunday evening, which is called Revive. It's a series all about revival. You know, I know the that each and every one of us are, are passionate about different things, God, different things God lays on our hearts, different things that we are passionate about. I know something that God's laid on my heart is to see revival. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm believing for. I believe that revival isn't something of the past, but I believe God's word that, where he said that in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You know, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will dream visions, your old men will dream dreams and all these things. You know, I believe that God is going to do great and mighty things. I believe that revival is something that God is going to do. I believe that with all of my heart. So John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. We're going to continue looking at the ingredients for revival. Some things that we, as the people of God, can do to prepare for a revival. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. And it says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. You know, as I've defined over the last couple of weeks, a revival is an awakening. A revitalization, a fresh passion, fresh hunger for God that happens within the church that happens within amongst the people of God and you know as I've said revival it affects communities it affects non-believers but ultimately revival is for the church it's for you and for me when we wander away when we go cold in our faith God comes at a moment when God comes by his Holy Spirit and he awakens the church with a fresh hunger fresh love for him fresh passion to, to make him known that's what a revival is and as I've said a revival is completely a work of the Lord it is not something that man comes up with. It's not an event. It is all of God. And you know, when God begins to move, you know it. You know when God's hand is upon something, when God is ministering, you'll know it. And so over the last couple of weeks, as I said, we've been looking at some ingredients for revival, some things that we can do as the people of God to prepare for revival. And tonight we're going to look at the fourth ingredient, which is worship. We're going to look at worship this evening. Now, I know many of you might not believe this. Some of you might not believe this anyway. But I'm quite a reserved person by nature. Quite a quiet person by nature. <laughs> Funnily enough, when people ask me what I do and I say that I'm a minister, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, they can't believe it because sometimes I can get shy, I can get timid, you know. I, I'm quite reserved. I, you know, I'm not very outgoing, so to speak. I'm not very confident, so to speak. I you know, especially growing up in, in, early on in my faith, you know, when, when you see people in church lifting up their hands and worshiping the Lord, that's something I struggled with. That's something I got really, really nervous about. I thought it was a bold thing to do that, you know. If, if I lifted up my hand, I thought somebody's going to be looking at me or judging me and all these different things, even though we don't judge in the house of God. Of course, that doesn't happen. But, you know, I thought, I thought that, that that might happen. You know, I was scared. I was afraid to do that. And, you know, in particular, this made me feel uneasy when, when I was reading the Bible made me feel a little bit uneasy when I was reading the Bible because we see in the Bible that God calls us to worship him. 
But not just to worship him in any old way or just to sing a few songs or just to stand there with our hands behind our back or whatever. We see in the Bible time and time again that God is calling his people to worship him passionately, to worship him with all that is within them, to worship him and give him the praise and the glory that is due to his name with all that is within them. And for a reserved person, especially as a young Christian, I was quite frightened of this. I was quite scared by this and I was quite challenged by this. And especially when, when you, uh, I read Psalm 95, and I'm going to read it from the, the message translation because I love how the message puts it. It says, come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence, singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. I don't know about you, but I love that version. I love that translation. Raising the roof. When was the last time you heard that in church? To raise the roof with our worship, to lift up the rafters with our hymns. It brings it back to, to more traditional with the hymns there. I do admit that. But, but you know, when I read things like that, I thought, oh, you know, this, this has got to be for, you know, those confident people. For the extroverts, you know, those who, who love the sound of their own voice, those who are not afraid, those who are fearless. You know, it is for those people, those people who don't mind people looking at them. And, you know, it, and I used to think to myself, you know, I, I'm just not feeling it today. I don't feel like worshiping in this way. You know, I, I'd just rather stand there, I'd rather sing the songs and then sit down just to listen to the word and then, you know, go, go through it all. I'd rather that, I, you know, and, and maybe there's someone here tonight and you just can't wait for the singing part of the service to be over with. You know, maybe for you, you just, you, you just don't like that part of the service because maybe you're just a reserved person by nature. You know, I thank God for Pastor Rob and Sharon. You know, I say it time and time again, but I thank God for them because they really modeled for me and showed me, even though they're not worship leaders, they showed me what it means to really worship in spirit and truth. The, this was a couple who loved God with all that was within, within them and they weren't afraid to show it. You know, I used to, I loved, I loved uh, seeing Pastor Rob on the front row and Sharon. You know, they used to jump up and down on times. They would clap, they would lift up their, they, they weren't afraid. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself, yeah, these people really love God, not just because of their outward actions, but you could see it. Every time they would encounter them, it would just be the overflow of their lives. It wasn't just about singing songs. They loved God. They were passionate about God. They had a hunger for God. And you know, something that Pastor Rob taught me, uh, uh, particularly when God began to call me into ministry uh, and when God was, was leading me in that way, he helped me to understand that the worship is not about how I feel. Worship is not about how you and I feel. Rather, worship is about passionately praising the creator of the universe the way that it describes in his word. We are encouraged in the word to praise God at all times on the mountaintop and in the valley. And so whether we're feeling good or we're feeling bad, whether we've woke up on the right side of the bed or the wrong side of the bed, whether we feel aggravated, whether we've had an argument before we come to church, whether you know we start the day and, and everything's going wrong or whether everything's great, the Bible instructs us to worship God in a certain way. And it has nothing to do with how we feel, whether we feel like worshiping. You know, because I believe that, that if we worship just based on what we feel and how we feel, then this church would be dead most weeks. And, you know, many pe people wouldn't want to come along to church. Many people wouldn't want to follow Jesus because of that. Worship is not about how we feel. In fact, worship is an act of obedience. Worship is not just singing songs. It's an act of obedience because the Lord calls us to worship him. 
As it says there, John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, Jesus said, Yet a time is coming and now, and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. The Father is looking for a people who will worship him. Worship him in spirit and in truth. With all that they are. But also, not just hypocritically or, you know, just because everybody else is doing it. You know, sometimes it's okay that we come and we don't lift up a hand. Sometimes it's okay because we're going through difficult moments, that we're still called to come at all times to worship him. It is an act of obedience. It's not about how it makes me feel. It's not about how, if I like the songs or I don't like the songs, or if I can, you know, sing in this key or I can't sing in that key. It's not about any of that. We worship because our God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of all of our praise. He deserves it all. Worship is not about how we feel. I love how Eugene Peterson, the, the author of the message paraphrase of the Bible, the translation of the Bible, this is what he, how he describes it. He says, worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. Feelings are great liars. If Christians worshipped only when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. We think that if we don't feel something, there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different. That we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than when we feel ourselves into a new way of acting. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God. Not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. That's interesting, isn't it? How he puts that. That worship is an act that develops feelings for God and not the other way around. Not our feelings give it a, as an act to God. But it comes in that way that, that as we worship him, we begin to, to feel his presence. We begin to be changed. We begin to know his presence within our lives. You know, I've encountered that personally. You know, there are moments when I don't feel like worshiping, when I feel discouraged, when I feel down. But you know, there, there are times where I, I'll just go upstairs, I'll go upstairs to the office and I'll pick up my guitar and I'll just begin to sing. I don't feel like it, but I'll begin to sing some songs, that, some worship songs that I know, and I'll begin to sing. And as I do that, I begin to sense God's presence. I begin to see my, my situation might not have changed, but my focus uh, of the situation has changed. My perspective on the situation has changed because I'm actually shifting my perspective from my circumstance to my God, who is above it all. And as I do that, that, and as I focus on him, I begin to feel more in love with him. I feel closer to him. I long for him more. I long to spend longer and longer in his presence. Worship is an act of obedience. Worship is about passionately praising the creator of the universe as he encourages us to do so in his word. And it doesn't matter about your personality type. It doesn't matter if you're a quiet person, if you're a shy person, or if you're an extrovert, if, you, if you're a loud person. It doesn't matter. No matter what we are feeling, the Bible tells us and instructs us to worship enthusiastically and passionately. It's amazing, isn't it? The Bible encourages us to worship enthusiastically and passionately. You know, it pleases God when his children praise him when, with all that is within us. You know, we sang, I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. I wonder, did we do that today? Or did we just sing it? Did we give him all of our worship? Or are we longing for other things? Are we focused on other things? Are we giving him all the praise? Or are we praising other things instead of him? You know, God loves it when his children come and we worship.
as it says there, as Jesus said, the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for the people who will worship him, who will worship him with all that is within them. You know, and the reality is, the incredible thing is, when you and I worship him, when we begin to seek him, when we begin to praise him, he comes and he moves. We begin to encounter his presence and he begins to release his power and his freedom in our lives. God responds to worship. When we worship, God comes. When we worship, God comes. And you know also, passionate, full-on, God-focused worship and praise, it's a powerful tool against Satan. When the people of God understand this, when we begin to realize that worship isn't just a few songs that we sing on a Sunday morning, but this is actually a weapon that we can use in spiritual warfare to fight against the enemy. When we begin to sing the praises of our God in the, in the difficult times, in our prison cells, Satan is afraid. It breaks his stronghold over our life. When we begin to declare our God is uh, the freedom of our God, when we be begin to declare the goodness of God, his provision over our lives, when we begin to speak his promise over our lives, when we begin to declare who he is over our lives, it is a powerful tool against the, power, against the tools of Satan. Worship is a weapon. It is a weapon. And I wonder, have you picked it up and are you using it? Are you fighting with this weapon of worship? Or are you just using it on a Sunday morning? Are you just singing a few songs on a Sunday? Or are you using it on a Monday when the battles come? Are you feeling it on a Wednesday when, when you haven't seen anybody for a few days and you're feeling quite discouraged and on your own? Are you using it then? Worship is a weapon against, against Satan. And you know, as I said, there's a freedom that comes when we worship. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is real freedom, real life, not just man-made. This is God's freedom, his power, his presence, knowing that we are his and that he is with us. And you know, out of this, we begin to worship him. When we begin to focus on who he is and all that he has done in our lives, that's when we powerfully praise him. You know, as I've said before, it sometimes frustrates me when I see in football stadiums, when you see football fans worshiping their football team and they're going crazy for their football team, yet in church on a Sunday, we saw his words without there. God calls us to passionately worship him, to worship him with all that we are, with all that we have. And yet we're so quiet so, so often. But worship is a weapon against the enemy. Worship gives glory and honor to God. It is all about him and worship is an act of obedience. And so tonight, I wanna just share three things the worship is and the worship does within our lives. First of all, worship is acknowledging who God is. Worship's acknowledging who God is. It says in Psalm 100, Psalm 100 verse 1 and 2, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody came into church on Sunday morning already singing before Adele and the worship team started? Wouldn't it be incredible? Come into his presence singing. Wouldn't it be amazing on a Monday morning when we wake up? We're going to sing on a Monday morning. As soon as we wake up, sing as we enter into his presence. Psalm 66, verse 1 to 2. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Psalm 149, verse 3. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. How many of you are up for bringing the tambourines back? If that's what God wants, we'll bring them back. We'll bring the ribbons back as well. 
Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet. Let's bring them back. Praise him with a lute and the harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship is acknowledging who God is. When we sing, when we praise, when we lift up his name, it's declaring who he is. It's not for us or our work. It's not, it's not just about us. It's, it's nothing to do with us. It's actually to focus on us, us on, who he, on who he is. And you know, God supernaturally responds to the praise of his people. In fact, praise and worship prepares the way for God to move on earth. It invites him. It invites him and says, God, we welcome you with our praise. We welcome you. Come, move, minister, lead, do whatever you have to do for your honor, for your glory. You know, there are just a few hundred passages within the Psalms that call us to passionate and enthusiastic worship. Not just singing off a sheet worship or singing off the screen worship, to passionate, enthusiastic worship where we get off the words, where we forget the words, where we're so caught up with our God and his greatness and his love for them. There's a few hundred verses within the Psalms that encourage us to worship him passionately. You know, the feel and tone of these verses in the Psalms, when you read the Psalm, it's not one of somberness. You know, I'll let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's let everything that has breath, let's praise the Lord. With all that is within me, let's praise his holy name. It's not one of, of, of somberness or quietness. You know, we see it time and time again within the Bible. I love it. Where it says, worship the Lord with joyful noise. Shout to God. Lift up a shout of praise to God. Shout for joy. Glorious praise. It calls us to dance in. How many of you want to break out your dance moves this evening? <laughs> Maybe you need some help with some of our dance moves tonight. Maybe God can anoint us for some dancing tonight. But God calls us to worship him passionately. And that's, the, that's what we've got to do when we worship him. Not just somber, but worship him because who, of who he is. He deserves all of our worship. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 150, as I just said, that anything that we can find to make noise, we are to praise him with. Cymbals, tambourines, trumpets, keyboards, guitar, whatever we can find uh, to make noise, our hands, let's make a noise because our God is worthy of all of our praise. I know maybe you feel here this morning, uh, this evening that, that I, I don't play the drums, I don't play the keyboard, I don't have anything to make that sort of noise. Well, he instructs us, if you haven't got anything to find to worship God with, then it says, let everything, let everyone who has breath praise the Lord. Have you got breath? Then you can praise him with that. Praise him with all that you have, with your voice. Praise him with all that is within you. Why? Because God deserves it. Our worship is a recognition that our God is awesome, that he is powerful, that he is majestic, that he is holy, that he is loving, that he is good, and that he is worthy of all of our praise. I know this world needs to see a church and a people of God who love their Savior and who are not ashamed to praise their God, who are not afraid to, to lift up his name. You know, I'm all, all for bringing back open-air meetings. So that the world would see that we're not a people who are hiding inside these four walls. We're going to praise our God in the workplace, on the streets. We're going to praise him. We're going to post it all over Instagram and, and Twitter. Because our God is worthy of all of our praise. And we're not ashamed. 
He is worthy because he is a good God. And when we begin to worship our God, it tells the world of who our God is. It tells them of his forgiveness, of his grace, of his mercy, of his power, of his might. It tells the world. You know, we worship because of our understanding of who God is. It's not just based on feelings. It's based upon his word and who we have discovered him to be in our lives. It's the revelation of the Holy Spirit of him to us. That's why we worship. He is worthy of all of our praise. Number two, very quickly. Worship opens the door for the miraculous to happen. You know, we've been talking about the good things for on a Sunday morning. You know, worship is the key to seeing his in operation. It's, it's the thing that will bring the presence of God and it invites the presence of God. You know, I love the story in Chronicle in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 with King Jehoshaphat, King of Judah. And he faced a hopeless situation. He was surrounded by three armies coming to attack the people of God. And he didn't know which way to turn. And he declares, God, I, you know, I don't know where to turn, but my eyes are on you. I'm going to look to you, God. And, you know, before they set out for battle, what's incredible, if you read that story, is that at the front, you think the three armies are coming against you. You think, think you put your strongest fighters at the front, didn't you? Actually, they put their worship leaders at the front. They put their praise, those who praise the God, they put their singers at the front. Why? Because Jehoshaphat realized that the battle belonged to God. The battle is actually happening in the heavenly realm. And that the way that they can win the victory is through their worship, not through their hands. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the spiritual realm. That's what we're fighting against. And so Jehoshaphat realized, let's get our singers up the front. They are going to be the ones that are going to lead us into the battle. They are going to sing the greatness and the power of our God over this situation. I know when they began to praise, God set an ambush on all these armies. And all of these armies were defeated and Judah won the victory. It was miraculous. They had no way out. There was no way of escape. But yet when they began to praise God, God came and a miracle was performed and they won the victory. When we worship God comes and victory happens. When God comes, when we praise his name. If you think that's just the Old Testament, in the New Testament, as I showed a few Sundays ago, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, in the prison cell, they began to praise God. Chains were broken off them. God opened up the door. An earthquake came out of nowhere. God moved in a mighty way. When we praise our God, it opens the door for the miraculous to happen. I don't know about you, we need the miraculous to happen. We need it. We long for it. We long for it for his glory and for his honor. But if we read these stories, we need to notice and we need to look very carefully because the victory only came when they started worshiping. And you know, we believe that God's going to do something great within this place. We believe him for God to set people free. We believe that our God can have the prey and change to a defense team. But the first thing that we need to do is begin to look to him to worship him when we begin to look to him he then comes in response to our worship he then comes and moves in power and his might as we step out in obedience with joyful praise heaven's eager you know i love what jesus really spoke to this because your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven when we worship heaven comes the culture of heaven comes the presence of god comes he begins to move. He begins to minister. He begins to do what only he can do. Worship invites God to come and perform the miraculous. And number three, worship is 
brought us closer to God. Do you feel distant from God? Too far away from God? But worship is a thing that brings us closer to God. You know, I love the song that we sing, draw me closer. Never let me go. I lay it all down to you. This is the only thing that I want. You're all I want. You're all I have. So let me know you and me and you. When we worship, it draws us closer to God. And it's all because of what Jesus has done. Because of what Jesus has done. On his death, to his death, when he died upon the cross, it says the temple, the curtain in the temple that separated God and man is torn in two. And no longer was it the, the high priest who could enter into God's presence. But now all who put their faith and trust in Jesus and his sacrifice for us upon the cross, his death and his resurrection, we can freely come into his presence at all times. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. You can draw right now. You can come into the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. Not because of what you have done. You don't have to buy your way into the presence of God or make sure that you get yourself all together and your life right before you come into the presence of God. No. Hebrew, the Bible instructs us to come as we are. And we can come as we are because of what Jesus has done. We can freely come into his presence knowing that if we call upon him, he can forgive us, he can cleanse us, he can change us, he can move as we call upon him. God begins to move. You know, when we begin to focus on him, when we begin to focus on Jesus, we join in with a songwriter who said, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we focus on him, everything else will fall apart. You know, God, you're all I need. You're all I want. You're all I have. Just come back. You know, I, I've heard stories how in the past, in churches, they used to have things called waiting areas. And you would just wait for God. You know, sometimes we need that. You know, sometimes we just rush straight into his presence without even thinking about it. And we fail to meet him because we're not ready. We haven't prepared ourselves. We're not looking for him. We just come because we need, because it's the thing to do. But sometimes we need to just come and wait in his presence. You know, I, I love how it says in, in the Old Testament, be still and know that I am God. Some of us, we're so busy on the, on the go all the time that we need to sometimes just quiet our soul and our spirit and just simply come into his presence and know his presence again, know him again in our life. You know, we have this privilege that we can come into his presence as we are. You know, as Jesus said, the Father is looking for the people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's key. Not with a mask. He draws close to us when we take the next step. When we call upon him, when we seek him deeper. And you know what? Sometimes the best thing we can do is say, God, I need you. God, I've messed up. God, I just want you. And you know, those times when I've been real and honest with God, when I've admitted my mistakes, when I've turned away from God, when I've come before him and proclaimed my need, that's when I encounter his presence more. That's when I know him in a greater way. When I come to him in sincerity and open up and seek him out. And you know, the reality is we can't hide anything from our God. He sees and knows everything. He knows exactly what the condition of our hearts and what we're going through. We can't hide from him. But let's come into his presence. And as we worship, it draws us close to him. You know, to conclude this, I remember when I was a, a shy teenager and I was afraid, I was afraid to worship. But I remember in GYC, I think it was down in Luke, actually, 
some of these youth meetings are a little retreaty, so youth can see some people talking to Allah, and I remember going there and seeing all the people, and lifting up my hands, and I thought to myself, I like this, not because I feel like it, I don't care what other people feel, or what people say about me, or what other people, you know, I'm going to lift up my hands, because I need to lift up God, I need him, and he's worthy, and I'm just going to take a step, and act in obedience, and I'm going to worship him with all that I have, with every part of within me, I know after I took that first step, I'll never be the same, I encountered him in a greater way, time, and time again, at that moment, I just had really sense of, uh, had a sense of freedom. That I'm coming into his presence. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be worried. I'm not here for other people. I'm here for him. To worship him and encounter him and to know him. You know, and in that moment, I realized this worship is not about me. It's all about him. You know, you might say tonight, well, that's fantastic. That's what worship is. But what's this got to do with revival? Well, worship is vital in revival because worship invites the presence of God. We see worship was central in many stories of revival. We see men and women, boys and girls, who hunger for God and long for God. And you know, many of the songs that we sing today were birthed in in revivals. Pure as love, fast like the ocean. That was birthed in revivals. It wasn't just come up here on on the screen. That wasn't just a song like this that was put in a section. That was just came out of the overflow of what God was doing on people who were so in love with Jesus, pure as love, fast like the ocean, loving kindness. You know, Evan Roberts, wherever he went in the Welsh Welsh revival, took a group of worshippers with him, a group of people who would sing before he got up to preach, because he realized the power of worship. There was power in worship. So tonight, I want to encourage us to pray. Not because I can, but because the Bible encourages us. Let's worship our God with all that we've given us. Whenever we come together and sing, let's not just come and just do our good things, but let's come and worship because it's not about how we feel. It's because of how, who our God is and he's worthy. Let's lift up everything that we have. You know, as I said a few times over the last couple of weeks, I pray that we have noise complaints from the local council over the next couple of weeks because of our singing, because of how loud we are praising our God, not just for the attention to, but because of all that God has done within our and I believe that as we do that, God's presence will come and God will begin to draw people from the street into this place. We need to worship him with all that we are. Let's be a people tonight. Let's not pray for my life or for us. God, may I be a person who worships you in spirit and in truth. May we as a church be a church that worships him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.